Welcome to Career Combat with your host, Kelly Combat. Get ready to learn how to navigate the career battlefield and achieve a flawless victory. Now, here is Kelly. Welcome, welcome, and welcome one more time. Happy Fry. Yay is what I like to say. This is Career Combat. My name is Kelly Combat. On the show, we typically talk about all things careers. If you're new to us, welcome again. Because when you think about careers and all the things that you go through, sometimes we talk about particular topics like We talked about all the things that we're experiencing, like when we get an interview or when we get the job, what's that like those first few days? Today, we're only going to be talking to one particular person. I have the honor and the pleasure of introducing you to Michael Tiger. Michael is a coach. Michael is just such a a great, fresh person who really comes across with so much energy. And when I first met Michael, we both are a part of an organization called the International Coaching Federation here in New Jersey. There's locations all around the world. It's a global organization. And when I first met Michael, what really stood out was his surname, Tiger. And I said to myself, self, you got to have him on your show. The energy, the just the the experience over 20 years in business as a CPA, as an executive coach, lots of marketing experience. And more than that, he was bringing the energy, everybody, just bringing the energy. And if you think about it, what a unique personality. And did you know, I'm, you know, I'm here with all the, the, the small and little known facts, the surname Tiger is extremely rare, just like Michael is extremely rare in his approach. (laughs) Tiger is only represented by very few people in the world. That's her name, very few people in the world. As a matter of fact, everyone, in 1920, in 1920, that was when we had the most families with the surname Tiger. In fact, in the U.S., There were 13 Tiger families living in New Jersey. That was accounting to about 60% of all the people named Tiger in the entire United States. And why do I bring that up? I bring that up because of the rarity of not only his last name, but who he is as an individual. I want you to meet Michael Tiger. Thank you, Kelly. It's a pleasure to be on. Um, You are just an inspiration. and. the honor is all mine, seriously. Um, ah, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. I, you know, when I thought about uh, that fateful day when we first met and we were just, you know, going around the room on Zoom and meeting each other, you know, the two of us were on with some other coaches and I just saw the energy. I saw what you were putting out in this world and I thought it would be so great to raise your platform to talk about your experiences. And and folks, you know, on this show, one of the things is true. When we have guests or when I speak to a particular topic, there are things that you're going to take away and some things you may not. I just know because of Michael's fierceness and his ferociousness as a coach, you're going to walk away with some really beautiful nuggets today. Sounds great. Um, And and the way it works is whenever I have a guest, I ask questions and they're not padded. 
Michael has no idea what I'm going to ask him. <laughs> Michael has no idea. But of course, it's not going to be any kind of gotcha moments. There's lots of love and lots of trust in what we talk about. Uh, so I'd love to kick off this conversation, Michael, with this question. If you could have a book, if you could write a book about your career, what would that title be? That's that's a really good question. Um, well, I think it would have to be, I don't know the title, but it would relate to resilience, grit, and integrity. Mm. Um, those are three values that I, I hold dear. Um, and they're they're principles that have really helped me navigate my career, the ups and downs, as as well as my life overall. Um, sure. I think it's important to be authentic and the, the best way to do that is to be true to to yourself before even others. Um, and that allows you to be authentic. And so, um, and then the hard work, you, you just, you need to be dedicated and committed. So um, I'll get back to you with, with an exact name before the end, okay. before the end of this, but. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, I love the fact that you talked about authenticity and showing up for who you are first before you can be anything to anyone else. What a great life lesson to think about, not just in your career, but how you show up with others. And I would think that authenticity and grit would get you through most things in life, the ups, the downs, the things that set us back. Because on this show, we're, we're as authentic as we can be. There are times that are quite hard. You know, we were talking about this right before the show started, that there are times where I feel like I'm spinning plates on every finger, just trying not to drop any, and some crash along the way. I'm wondering, how has this last year been for you in terms of the ups and downs? Well, it's been a, it's been a big transition. So I, I coached in effect in, in no, a number of corporate settings, but in the past year, I I started my own practice. So it's not without its challenges. I think you need to, when I look at this, I like to model the the behavior, not just help people, guide people. And so one statistic that really stood out to me was the number of people who are older, who look back on their lives that have um, more regrets on what they didn't try versus regretting what they tried and didn't go as well as they planned um, by an overwhelming amount. And uh, I had always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I did a lot of self-reflection. I'm on my third career. And I was honest with myself. I had the right support group behind me. And it allowed for me to to start my own practice. Uh, it was well thought out, but it's definitely different having your own business being that entrepreneur, yes. um, developing my coaching practice while shifting out of a corporate setting, which I've pretty much been in my entire career. So um, the ups and downs, um, it's been tough in certain ways, but I almost feel empowered because of how tough certain situations have been. Um, it's a framework. It's how you look at things. And I'm yes. like anyone else. I mean, I can be positive, and then you have your times where you have some some real doubts. But I think at the end of the day, just hitting reset, keeping perspective, um, having fun, um, trying something new, um, it just 
nothing in life that's easy is is as rewarding as something where you you overcome certain barriers to uh, to finding that success. When you were thinking about those previous careers, you were a CPA, a marketer. What led you ultimately to becoming a coach? So there were a couple of things. Um, one was my love for people. I saw people in corporate settings that were getting burnt out, that yes. were um, not being honest with themselves, that weren't properly supporting their family, that weren't living according to the values that they had. Mm. I had coaches myself that were really impactful. Um, and one of the exercises a coach had me do really opened my eyes to the fact that I wasn't living my authentic life. And it was a values assessment where it, it basically had three columns. Okay. One was where I ranked um, or I rated everything as a value that I, that I held dear. What were the values I cared about most? The next one was how was I living in accordance with those values? And th there were differences, but it wasn't crazy. There wasn't a crazy pronouncement or any big surprises there. What really surprised me, though, was when I had some colleagues um, in different people reporting to me, people above me, people in on other teams, um, give feedback as to what they assessed my values to be. And there was a huge difference between how I was living my life at work, um, as indicated by their own perceptions of me, as well as what I held dear. And I realized at that point, I'm not living my true life. So for mm. example, I'm all about family. I'm all about self-care and health. Yet when people in business... Um, I haven't really told this to many people, but I feel so comfortable with you, Kelly. Um, nice. <laughs> when when people in business were looking at me, um, I was very successful. I was a director at Samsung at the time sure. and running a, over a $1 billion business. And I wound up finding out that people were like, oh, yeah, you're you're into career advancement. You're into money. You're into power. And I was like, those were towards the bottom of my list, actually. Wow. And so it was a real eye-opener, and I'm like, I need to do something that I'm truly passionate about, but also take advantage of the experiences that I've had and help other people live more authentic lives so they don't have the same results in, in the same sort of uh, assessment as, as I had. What a life lesson, indeed. And it, it got me thinking about how you have this experience in helping your clients with personal branding. So I'd love to ask the question, turn it back to you and say, what is your personal brand? My personal brand really comes back to uh, that authenticity, the high energy and the passion for other people. Okay. Um, I, I, I think people understand, once people get to know me, they realize that I truly have their best interest in mind. It's authentic. And I'm also, uh, I could be cheesy, but, uh, but I'm a real overly optimistic person um, in that I find, I dig and I find ways um, to find people's greatness. Um, that's where wow. the cheese comes in. It's just, um, 
people don't realize what they have to offer. And in a world where anxiety and depression levels are at epidemic levels, yes, we need more people, more leaders who are able to identify that, help create some self-awareness in that, um, and help people realize that they have more choices than they may realize. More choices, indeed, because what I find is, you know, years ago when I started in human resources, what I noticed was people would mock soft skills, what they used to call it. And what I find um, illuminating and, and very reassuring is that now people are t tending to embrace I don't find it cheesy at all. I, I think that people are embracing more positivity, especially when you, like you said, we are experiencing an epidemic in depression and loneliness. So, I mean, what, no time like the present. No time like the present. It's true. And just a, an aside, I don't know if you know the derivation of soft skills. Um, please, please share. Yeah, it's it's it was used in the military um, years ago, and and I learned this not too long ago. Um, and it was really separating the people who um, were hands-on operations types of people, okay, um, who were really working like their hands and working hard, and the soft skills were given that term almost as if everything else. And so in a lot of ways, the way people started to see that, even based on its derivation, it, it basically um, almost made it seem less valuable from the start. And right. I think only in recent times, probably in the last decade or two, have people really started to realize the importance of those skills. They may not be as measurable as some of the, quote, hard skills, but it's really important. and. Um, one statistic that, that really has resonated with me is um, just about 50% of skills from the World um, um, uh, World Economic Forum, um, they project by 2025, the skills most desired, uh, about 50% of the skills most desired by employers will be uh, soft skills. So they're employers and executives are starting to really understand the importance of it. Yeah, that's an that's just an alarming number and 50, more than 50% by 2025 to your point uh by the World Economic Forum saying that it's it's going to be the soft skills what I call essential. Essential skills and while they may not have a lot of numbers or or quantitative things that are associated with them because of the fact that there's so much ambiguity, to me, it makes it hard. It makes it hard to be more um, uh, really strong in terms of emotional intelligence and emotional regulation, as well as cultural intelligence. Remember back in the day, like you said, more than 10 years ago, we used to focus only on IQ, right? It was just about, oh, did you take your IQ test? <laughs> and it was just about the mathematics and the science. And those things are extremely important. And at the same time, it's a both and that the essential skills, the soft skills are just as equally important. How we relate to others, that cultural intelligence and cultural fluency. Yes. 
And I think it's going to, in fact, be more important. Some people are trying to keep up with technology. Where is technology going? Yeah. Um, with things like AI. And we do need people focused on that. But it's the human. AI will replace certain certain occupations and jobs. And it's the, those soft skills that AI can't replace. And so if you think of it from that standpoint, a lot of people are focused on engineering and technology, and they should be. Yes. But they can't focus on that without truly appreciating these soft skills. And I know from from getting to know you, I've gotten to know how strong you are at building up your clients and everyone you're coming in contact to, including myself. And so um, I do want to thank you for that. And, you know, I, I know you appreciate it both uh, from multiple perspectives. I absolutely do. I think that uh, it's no, it's no, um, secret. I, I've shared this once before on a previous episode that uh, it was it was hard. It was hard in these streets <laughs> growing up. So I, I appreciate your feedback. I, I honestly do, Michael, because back in the day, uh, because I was so strong with some of these skills that you're talking about, uh, I got dinged for being emotional. I got dinged for being extremely sensitive to other people's needs. However, it became my, in fact, it became my superpower. Uh, when it comes to human resources and employee experience and being able to listen to people's needs. And it especially serves me as a DEI executive and coach. I have zero doubt. I mean, you just, your influence is just growing and growing. And, you know, like, like other coaches where I think your impact is, it's not only on the clients that you're, you're touching, it's that sort of domino effect, that exponential effect, that when you're talking about this, whether it's on this podcast or whether they're, when you're talking to people in different situations, your energy and your influence is making it so not just those people come away with, with the enthusiasm and, and inspiration, but it's everyone that they're talking to also. Well said. I thank you so much for that feedback. We have been speaking with none other than Michael Tiger, and we are going to take a very quick break. In the meantime, grab some tea or some coffee or some bone broth and come on back because we'll only be gone just for a few moments. Thanks for listening. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. When there is a war on talent, you have to go to combat. What is career combat? Career combat is your destination for real career talk and real career advice. Here, you'll hear from the brightest and best in the business to get the answers that you've been craving. How do I get the job? How do I switch careers? How do I start my own business? How do I find my career passion? How do I find a great coach? This show is designed around you. Your questions answered live. The topics created by you. What are you waiting for? Check out Career Combat wherever you get your podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Career Combat with Kelly Combat. Have a question for Kelly or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to Career Combat. And before the break, we've been speaking with none other than Michael Tiger, who's had a variety of careers in his past. He's currently a coach, owns his own business. And before the break, we were also talking about a question that I had in mind from everything that Michael has experienced in his days. What would be a book, if we had a book about his career, what it would be called? And during the break, Michael said, I've got the title. So what is that title, Michael? So the title that I would go with is Authentically Me. Um, I I think I've spoken about authenticity. um, And I think that authenticity if I had, um, if I created a book, which I thought about and wrote a book, um, I would want people to come away with it, seeing the ups and downs. I would mm. want to be just completely transparent about what were the struggles? When were the times where I really wasn't very good at what I was doing? Right. And how did I overcome that? Because I think too many leadership books you read talk about successes and not enough on failure and resilience. So um, I would just want to be an open book, pun intended, yes. to, uh, to any, any readers of, of that eventual book. I love that, Authentically Me. Uh, and, and you're right. When I think about a lot of the books that are out there, the ones I'm um, more so inspired by, the stories that I'm inspired by, it's the ups and the downs. It's where they came from in terms of the struggle. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about some of the struggles, the things that I was saying earlier also. Uh, in in fact, you know, when you have those failures, the failures are what really illuminate your career. And in the past, in a previous episode or two, we talked about fail as an acronym, finding answers in learning. How many times did somebody invent something with a whole lot of failures, a lot of prototypes that actually did not work. We would never be able to succeed unless we were able to embrace the failure. So I'm so glad that you brought that up, Michael. Yes, it's uh, and I, I love the acronym, Finding Answers in Learning. I'm, I'm going to steal that from you. Please, by all <laughs> means. 
please. Uh, you were talking about being cheesy. I, 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 I rebuke that because, <laughs> because I, I'm a cornball too uh, when it comes to coming up with, my thing is coming up with acronyms. I don't know why it's always been like that with me. In fact, my, my business is called Rich, Rich LLC, and it's Resources in Coaching Happiness. So I'm all about, I'm all about the acronyms. Uh, and that point about failure that you so wonderfully brought up it got me thinking about challenging aspects to what you've been through in your career. What do you think was the most challenging aspect of starting your own business? I think it was financial, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, I think that um, having um, a partner in my wife um, that was really supportive in showing that she would do whatever it took to mm -hmm. help me and support me, um, whether it was financially, emotionally. Um, and she really has been um, a cheerleader, but doing so, she's someone who's very blunt and transparent. And if she didn't believe in me, um, she may let me know in some way, shape or form, but she really, um, she showed that belief in me, which really, in my heart of hearts, soul of souls, just just helped push me over the line. And I think having people around you, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a friend, whether it's a mentor or coach, that can help inspire you to be authentically you, um, it allows for you to to tear down some of those barriers that may not be as permanent as initially you may have thought they were. It's so true. People don't tend to talk about the, like you said, the financial aspect uh, to starting a business. It's just, it all looks like, almost like smoke and mirrors. Like it's some sort of mm -hmm. magic trick when you create a business like, poof, I've got this wonderful business and I've got amazing <laughs> clients. No, there's plenty of times when it can be extremely hard, whether financially, you don't have the support, you don't have a squad, you don't have a, a partner like your wife, your spouse, who had your back and still does. Those are the things that are extremely important and they get through. they get you through those hard times when you have financial setbacks, when you say to yourself, oh my gosh, I'm going to need to get a loan. And how am I going to even be able to pay it back? Yes. It's, it's, and it's challenging because you're trying to often, it, you don't do this in a vacuum. No. There, you're like, you gave the, the metaphor of trying to balance multiple plates at the same time or spin multiple plates. Um, and I think people don't realize how many interdependent components there are. Now, yes. what I will say is though, as much as you see the strain, and I saw the strain financially, um, I also didn't appreciate at the time all the upside that would come out of empowerment of starting my own business, doing something that was truly what I believe I was meant to do. And the energy you get from that the encouragement, the support that all of a sudden comes from places you never would have expected it from sure. more than makes up for that. And so it's it's really easy to go into things seeing one part of the puzzle 
and then learning that there it's it's a lot more complicated and often for the better so much upside so yeah. many upsides and and those are the things that help us sail through the hard times it, it's really around just holding on for dear life for those moments that okay there are upsides i am hearing from really positive people and that's I, my energy level might be at 27% and at the same time when i'm hearing so many gratifying stories and things that are helping me get through those rough times i can make it right exactly another question i had michael was thinking about the, some of those careers that you said you previously had speaking specifically about being a cpa how did that inform who you are today so I became a CPA. Um, one of my mentors growing up was my late uncle, who was president of a jewelry company. And um, pretty much on his deathbed, unfortunately, he died at 50 or 51 from cancer. Um, his business advice to me while I was in high school was, whatever you do, understand your numbers inside and out. Okay. And that led me to going into finance and accounting. And it shaped who I was in that it gave me the foundational blocks for business, but it also helped me appreciate um, the quantitative side of um, how not just business, but life may work in general. And so that foundation helps me look at things. I think in certain times I'm an ideal, ideal, idealist, but it's helped me take that and really apply it in ways where I can generate results that that are quantifiable yes. and that can help people from sort of that soft and hard perspective. And when I, when I was getting to know your background specifically in when it when it comes to results, when it comes to that ROI, I think that's the thing that really stood out to me was the fact that you were able to use both the left brain, the right brain, and be able to articulate to your clients. I, I know what I'm doing on both sides. I I, I can be as creative as I want to be for you as a coach, and at the same time, I'm able to provide the proof of the return on your investment if you decide to be a client with me. And that's great. Yeah. And, you know, coaching itself, I mean, depending on what study you're looking at, there's some really solid research and science that shows the effectiveness of coaching gives a seven to eight X ROI on your investment. So if you're, invest if you're a company investing $20,000, you know, you should wind up seeing somewhere in the neighborhood of $150,000 of upside. Most of the time, it's a lot more than that from what I've seen. Yes. And that doesn't take into account the fact that there's a lot of cultural benefits to coaching. So, you know, I put the accountant hat on even as a coach saying, okay, well, you're investing a good amount in a coach, but guess what? You're getting a steal here. In fact, yes. if you would get a 7 to 8x ROI on any kind of financial investment, I doubt your financial advisor wouldn't rush you to yes. take advantage of that. Yes. Seven to eight times, please. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, I love it. I And it's funny, whenever I have uh, a client right from that intake, right from that very first session, which is more about chemistry and building rapport and trust as much as you can in 45 minutes or an hour, I, I usually start by sharing with that client how lucky they are to have had that investment, especially if the company is doing the investing in them because it is an investment in their growth. It's, it's the proof in the pudding. Yeah, absolutely. And I always like to compare it also to sports. Would you have a, a football or basketball team? How, how well would it run without a coach that's able to give that independent perspective and give that honest, solid feedback in order to improve performance? Yet in business too often, we're we're letting people just sort of go at it on their own, and right. how could you expect it to operate in an optimal way? And and the great thing is, more and more companies and leaders are appreciating it. And if you dig deep, almost every successful person you may read about in any of these books, they've had coaches in some way, shape, or form. Many of them have had, have had multiple coaches. True. So I'm waiting for these super successful people that write their own books to be able to refer back to what Kelly Combat has ah. taught them and how you have inspired them. Because I'm telling you, and I will go on air, on the record, betting oh, on boy. it right now, we will have a number of those people coming in the future. Oh boy. Oh my gosh. You were just given the flowers today. I appreciate you. No, no pressure. So much. Kelly. I appreciate you so much. You know, you were just talking about the the upside. Uh, of course, the seventy eight times uh, ROI for coaching. So we we definitely have that uh, in mind. What do you think is the hardest thing? The very hardest thing, in your opinion, about being an executive coach that most people don't know. The hardest thing is getting people to open themselves up to to being coached so okay. i may if it's a company that i'm i'm talking to a client from where they don't even have to pay for it out of their own pocket they often are coming from a standpoint of well i'm a leader and i've done well in the past and i have these skills i don't really need any help and it's hard for people to ask for help but what yes. they don't often realize and it's it, it takes a while to help them see it is that while they can often be quite successful, there are easier ways and there are more fruitful ways, not just to, to influence their careers, but also to help them with their overall life. You can't just, and you know this, you can't just look at a career in a vacuum. You have to see how is work and their professional ambitions affecting everything else in their life. Because if, for example, a marriage or their health would suffer because of what they're doing at work or something else is going on, they need to, you need to look at the holistic person. And so, you know, it's that vulnerability, that openness. And I applaud everyone who opens themselves up to coaching and to letting themselves be just a little bit vulnerable to learning more about themselves and wanting to create that self-awareness. It's got to be where you absolutely can see the upside 
even if it's down the lane a year from now, a six month engagement, there has to be that faith that I can always do better. I, Mm -hmm. I, even though I've had all these great uh, examples of achievements, there's always something to turn up a, a notch or to double click on as a leader. Yeah. And and you can have your cake and eat it. In fact, I don't personally like that expression because why would you have cake if you can't? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to eat the cake every time. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's so funny that you're talking about that, Michael, because I, I've seen that as well. I just like the fact that this industry has exploded so positively where I know you have a specialty with emerging leaders and I do as well. And it's great because it didn't used to be democratized. It used to be, I I never understood that years ago in the beginning of my HR career that only certain executives were getting the coaching and how that's now turned on its head. Yeah. And I think people are seeing also individually, they need to own their careers. The, The corporate landscape with all of these layoffs It's becoming much more uncertain. And so individuals should have often have um, independent coaches who can help guide them, who could be an advocate for them Um, and, you know, really own your own career. Don't rely on a company to take care of you. A Mm. lot of companies do try, um, but I think it's, it's sort of the combination. You need to own your career. You need to know the value that you're bringing. And the company should be giving you the the proper support at all levels in order to to make sure that they're truly investing in you um, as as a future contributor to that company. It, it doesn't matter what your role is. It's there. There's room for improvement, and I'm seeing it especially. And I don't know how much you've seen it. Um, team and group coaching is an area that I've had a lot of interest in. Because it's a matter of coaching the individuals, but also the interplay um, between often cross-functional teams that's that's becoming more and more complicated and more and more strained, yet there's so much opportunity for win-wins out there. It is emerging and becoming a lot more prevalent, uh, especially as teams become more diverse and there's a lot more interplay between departments, especially within corporate, regardless of the industry. So I, I, I love the fact that you brought that up uh, and the certifications and all the things that you can do to to double down in that work. If you are interested in becoming a coach, those are options that are totally open for you. Right. and. Um... Yeah, it's just, uh, it's great. And um, I know the ICF that we're both members of does a lot to support coaches, not just, you know, to, to, to really grow and, and to make a difference in the world. So it's a privilege to be part of that with you. It is a privilege indeed. And that is why we call it a practice because it is not anything about being perfect. It's that continuous, continuous growth. And so we've been talking with Michael Tiger. We're about to take a very short break, our last one. In the meantime, stay tuned and come on back. Thanks for listening. Follow 
follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. When there is a war on talent, you have to go to combat. What is career combat? Career combat is your destination for real career talk and real career advice. Here, you'll hear from the brightest and best in the business to get the answers that you've been craving. How do I get the job? How do I switch careers? How do I start my own business? How do I find my career passion? How do I find a great coach? This show is designed around you. Your questions answered live. The topics created by you. What are you waiting for? Check out Career Combat wherever you get your podcasts. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to Career Combat with Kelly Combat. Have a question for Kelly or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show. And we're back, everyone. We are back indeed. We are live and in full effect on this lovely, lovely Friday. And we've been speaking with Coach Michael Tiger and all the things about his career, his coaching practice. And before the break, we were talking about his career as a CPA. Uh, Michael is quite the Renaissance person (laughs) because Michael has had a plethora of experiences in his day. Uh, Let's talk about your marketing experience. What led you to be a marketer? So I decided to go back to business school um, thinking, hey, I want to possibly do more finance. And I had, um, I was at Columbia and I had some really great um, professionals there um, who one of who is, is, is actually a, a pretty well-known coach named Lauren Margolis. And she helped me really sort of reflect on what, what do I enjoy in life? What am I passionate about? Mm. And it, I saw that while I was working with the left side of my brain, because I wanted that to be a foundation, um, I actually used the right, the right side of my brain quite a bit. And I, I really enjoy doing that. So I decided to go in a totally different direction and go into into marketing, into product marketing. And I worked in consumer packaged goods as well as consumer electronics and got to manage some businesses, um, really be more of a general manager in a lot of ways of businesses. Um, most um, the longest tenure of which was was at Samsung, where where I had an incredible an incredible experiencing managing thing, uh, businesses ranging from a large screen TV business to the mobile computing business. So um, it um, it was a lot of fun um, and um, every day was different. So that was that was great. It's an excellent life lesson, Michael, to think about 
the passion, the passion and the energy behind all the things that you could be doing with your career. And I think that's the common denominator with a lot of folks, especially these last three or four years. Uh, we used to call it the great resignation and we changed it to the great reimagination because of all the ways that we could possibly, quite possibly reimagine the rest of our lives. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, and speaking of reimagination, you reimagined the marketing, the CPA, all the experience that you got from your not only your education, but the kind of roles that you held to creating this now really successful, you're doing so well as a coach. What led you to becoming, again, reimagining, what led you to becoming a core energy coach? So I guess it really came down to, I had a, I had a coach of my own, um, uh, this woman, Heather Clark Peckerman, who was at a company, and I'm not looking to name drop, I just want to give credit where it's due, sure. um, who, had a, who was coaching me um, in multiple ways, and she was a core energy leadership coach. And as I worked at Samsung, and as I moved up the corporate ladder, um, her guidance really helped me. It helped me in that I identified what my energy levels were at, um, how others were reacting to it, and how mm -hmm. there were sort of, I had inner blocks um, as opposed to things outside that I couldn't control that allowed for me to um, increase the energy of myself and, and the constructive energy um, and see the impact it had on other people both in general and especially in times where I was stressed. Um, I took that with me, and the way I describe it is um, Samsung was a little bit of a tough culture. Um, it was just very, very fast-paced because that's, that's the nature of the industry. Sure. And so I wound up finding sort of a place for myself where I kind of developed a thick skin while at the same time being, quote, authentically me. Um, while working. And so what it did was allow for me to fit within the corporate culture, but still be myself. And so that's where that core energy came into play, where I was able to help energize people. I was able to serve as a coach to a number of people in that organization and into subsequent ones because of this coach and what the core energy leadership did for me. And so that led me to to, jo to getting education um, through a coaching company called IPEC, um, where core energy leadership is one aspect of what they look at. And it's really a matter of finding the energy within someone, um, the energy and the belief and the capabilities. The belief is that people are capable of, the answers are within. Yes. That people are capable of doing way more than they realize and at least starting, if not paying all your attention to what's within you, because it's just, you have so much treasure within you. It's just ridiculous how much each and every person has. It's if you're guided in the right way to taking that energy and shifting your energy level up, it makes all the difference. Now, it does. if you remember high school physics, um, it came down to energy can't be created or destroyed. Well, the same is true with people. So when you're feeling drained or um, demotivated, 
a lot of times, or, or you have conflict, a lot of times you're operating from an an, uh, from a catabolic energy state, which is more of a destructive state. Yes. And what I try to do with my clients is um, help them understand that and then get themselves to go into more of an anabolic state where they're they're being much more constructive and they're more satisfied and and they're actually finding that there are a million win-win opportunities out there and when you look at the world through that kind of lens um each of us have our own lens which is affected by our past experiences um when you're able to take your own lens and adjust it to be able to see what's possible you'll have a much more fulfilling and satisfied life and with your career you're going to be a lot more successful well said. Oh, oh my gosh, you dropped so many diamonds in, in the things that you just said about energy on so many levels. And it resonates with me. Uh, a lot of times on this show, I talk about your energy being tantamount to your your telephone, your 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 cell phone, your your laptop, your your iPad, whatever it is. We're always checking for that energy. Oh, I need to charge it. Oh, I need to, to charge it. And at the same time. We're never thinking about our own personal energies, but you took it to another level about the blocks and what you're serving and the fact that it can't be created or destroyed and taking it back to that high school physics level. I, I just love exactly what you just did there, Michael. Thank you. It's uh, I've, I've had a lot of good influencers, um, and I think that that's that adds so much value to each of our lives. It does. What do you think, Michael, is the legacy, the legacy that you want to leave your clients? I just want them to uh, to keep moving their legs. Um, I, I think back to, uh, I have a, a mission statement that um, a coach, another coach, <laughs> I've had my own set of coaches who have led me to success, um, had me put together. And um, one picture on it is a picture of Barry Sanders. Uh, oh, yeah. Running back in history. Let's go to Detroit Lions. Yes. The <laughs> magic of him was that no matter what was in his way, he kept twisting his body. He kept his legs moving. Mm. And so I want people to realize that just whatever the wall seems like, whatever the obstacle, you have the power within to overcome it, to break through it. But you have mm. to keep moving and you have to be creative and look for a new direction. You also have to believe in yourself and make sure that where you have doubt, which is very normal, you have the right support system in place um, to give you that power so that you can do that. Um, so if I could do that for people, even for a small group of people and empower them um, I like to empower people leaders, as I say on my website. And the reason I look at that is because I want to create this energy, this self-belief, and this grit and resilience so that people keep their legs moving, like Barry okay. Sanders. But where they do so in a way, not just to help themselves, but then to sort of spread the love and the self-awareness to others so that they they become empowered. And I think by doing it, um, all of us, especially coaches, have the ability to truly benefit the world. Um, and we need it. In these times, we really need it. Yes, we do.
We absolutely do. And shout out to you for bringing up Barry Sanders. I mean, come on. <laughs> I was, I have to tell you, Michael, I was not prepared for that. Because <laughs> anybody who knows me knows I love the Detroit Lions. So thank I you so know much that. for bringing up, I, I will never forget that because I never thought about it. Yes, keep moving, keep twisting, keep turning, keep doing all the things to just keep that momentum. So it kind of leads to the last question that I have for you before I uh, turn it back to you about how our clients uh, can reach out to you, the listeners, how they can reach out to you. If you had a call to action for our listeners listening right now, what would that call to action be? Think about what you've always wanted to do. Really, really push yourself and then find a way to do it and make sure you have the right to support to at least take one step one step towards make it, towards exploring it and making it happen because i know way too many people who create these boundaries within themselves and just you got it so please take some time reflect and then take that one step one step is all it counts right it's mm -hmm. it's that what do we call it micro steps baby steps all those things count it doesn't have to be a huge leap. It doesn't have to be some resolution because we know those don't usually work. Only 8% of the time do they actually work. So wonderful, wonderful CTA call to action that is. Just make the step, even if it's just one one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And, and both of us would, of course, love to hear any of your listeners' stories once they do take those steps. Yes. Yes, because that how how would that inspire the next person? And you never know what that one thing could be. You've got it within you to actually help others make those moves. So, exactly. Michael, I want to thank you so, so much. Michael Tiger, Coach Michael Tiger, for being here today. How can our listeners reach out to you in case they want to become one of your clients? That's great. Thank you. Um, so they can reach out to me via email at coach at michaeltiger.com. They can go to my website, which is michaeltiger.com. Um, or if they're not even interested in being a client, but just want, um, I'm an avid reader. One thing we haven't spoken about, I read almost over 130 books a year and I have a leadership library on my website. Um, so even if you're not interested in being a client, but you just want some really good leadership books to read, um, look me up. I'd be happy to talk. And I really appreciate you having me here. Um, I do want to say, Kelly, um, it is a pleasure getting to talk to you on air, but it's even a greater pleasure getting to know you as both a, a coach and just an overall amazing human being. I, I think anyone who's gotten to know you will attest to that. And it is just such a true pleasure getting to know you. Anyone not listening, if you haven't met Kelly, I highly encourage you to reach out because it will be the best use of your time possible. Ah, uh, Michael Tiger, thank you. So you're going to have me over here crying. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate you. You know I do. And again, it's been a fabulous, fabulous uh, conversation. And I'm going to take you up on that offer. I want to find out more about those books. Wow. Wow. Talk about burying the lead. That is amazing. So you've been listening to Career Combat. And next week, I'm not going to reveal who the guest is because it's a surprise. But next week, let's just have one little clue. It's a family affair. And I'll leave you with that. 
Until next time, everybody, protect your peace. And thanks for listening. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Career Combat with Kelly Combat. We hope we've given you the tools to navigate your career quandaries. Until we talk again next week, have a beautiful week. 